0: Hi, welcome back to the study of the Gospel of Matthew. Today we're looking at Matthew chapter 2. Omnipresent, God is everywhere. Let's divide the book up. Here we see at the very beginning, verse 1 to verse 3, God is, spoke to the Gentiles. How did he do that? He sent them a star. The, when Jesus was born, he sent a star in the east to catch their attention it made them dig in their books and they could not understand what this unusual star was all about it was not the coming together of three planets this was totally unusual but they had these special books from some wise men especially the one named daniel from about 300 years ago and in it in numbers chapter 24 17 it talks about a star in the east so they figured that the star represents the king of the jews being born so Upon understanding that, they put together a caravan to travel the three-month journey to get to Jerusalem. This is a caravan. It's not three wise men on camels going across in the east. There are bandits out there. These are wise men. They're not going to do their own cooking. They're not going to set up their own tents. They're going to have protection. They're going to need flocks so they're going to need herders because that's their food. And it's a very long journey, so they're going to have entertainers. So you've got this major caravan coming across, headed for Jerusalem. No star to follow. They get to Jerusalem because that's where they figure the king of the Jews would have to be. Herod lets them in and entertains them because he hasn't seen a caravan for a while. You know, so he knows these guys are special. And so they're amazed that nobody else knows about him. So as they go in to see Herod, God knows Herod's plan would be to kill the messiah and what herod does is he determines from these guys pretty much that jesus it was about a year and we, we we understand that because when they start killing the babies in bethlehem he goes from two years down so he would go about a year high and catch all of those to make sure he's got the messiah so he determines the time from these guys and he says listen when you find him let us know we'll come worship Everybody knows it's a plot, except for the, for the Magi. And off they go, headed to Bethlehem. But as soon as they... Well, I need to skip down to verse 9 to verse 12. As soon as they leave Jerusalem, they see the star. And they're very excited because they haven't seen that star since Persia. And now this star has to be within our atmosphere because they follow it all the way into Bethlehem and it parks right over the house of Jesus. You try to find a star that can differentiate between your house and a a neighbor's house a block away. It's impossible. So if he's in the little town with all these houses, how do they know this is the house? Because now they're going to walk in, they're going to worship the child, and they're going to drop probably $100,000 in today's standards with this little guy, right? It had to be directly above. Their whole caravan filled the place. The people in town don't know who's doing what, or what's going on. They go into the house, they leave their gifts, and off they go, and God tells them in a dream, don't go back to Herod, just go back to your land. Thank you very much. And off they go. That very same night, God speaks to Joseph in a dream, and immediately, Joseph gets out of bed, takes Mary and the child. So you would see, if this was in the the earlier scene when Jesus was first born in the manger and the, and the Magi were there, it'd be impossible for Mary to travel all the way to Egypt with a, with a brand new baby. But Jesus is about a year old. Mary's totally healed. They just got a gift of all of this, this money. Off they go in the middle of the night and down to Egypt to live for a period of time until God would call them again. Herod figures out that he's been uh, hoodwinked And now he heads into the town of Bethlehem, which is actually Satan's plan, no no doubt. And all the children under two are murdered. There's probably about 18 children that die in the town of Bethlehem. And so therefore, once that's done, we slide down to God calls Joseph back after Herod dies and because he's afraid that Archelaus might still be thinking about the baby and the Messiah and all this, God allows Joseph to go up to Nazareth and settle down. The purpose of this chapter is God's everywhere. God is omnipresent. We see at the beginning of the chapter, we see God in Persia. We see him over in Bethlehem. He's down in Herod's palace. He's in Satan's realm. He's in the countryside with the star leading them into Bethlehem. He's down in Egypt calling his son back. God's absolutely everywhere. Split the chapter down the middle. As much as God spoke to the Gentiles and he speaks to Joseph and notice their response time. God speaks to us. After he spoke long ago to our fathers and the prophets in many portions in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. God speaks to us through the words of the scriptures. And when we hear them, how do we respond? Are we like the Gentiles and we're, we're planning a major journey? Are we like Joseph who responds that very night? How you, God expects you to deny yourself. When you hear the truth, God expects you to jump. God expects you to do something about it. When you start putting that stuff away, you're not denying yourself. You're in control. You need to think about that in light of what, happens to the, what happened to the Magi and what happened to Joseph. And then God knows the trials that you're going to go through. He knew Herod's plan. He knows Satan's plan. But he still went through with it, didn't he? No temptation has overtaken you, but such is common to man. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape so that you will be able to endure it. It doesn't mean he's going to have a back door and you're going to go running out. Through the word of God, he provides you with the wisdom so that you can endure whatever the temptation is happening. God expects you to take up the cross. He doesn't expect you to run. He expects you to hold your ground. He knew what Herod was going to do. He knew what Satan was going to do. But he wanted to get them off Jesus' back. As Jesus was growing up, he didn't want to have people still trying to hunt him down. He, got, he eluded Satan by pulling the stunt. And you have to realize all these families lost their babies. An awful lot of people suffered so that you and I can have the truth today. Things to think about. And then finally, God talks. God tells you to go. Matthew chapter 28, 8 and 19 to 20. Go, make disciples, all the nations, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He told the Magi to go. They went. He told Joseph to go, and he went up to Nazareth. They responded, and God expects us to what? To respond to him, to follow him. He's present. He's absolutely with us at all times. And when you understand that, it's easier to learn to what? Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. Thanks for being here.